Oh, it's Father Christmas here. Are you on my naughty or nice list this year? Still time to change that, you know. Ho, ho, come on, Rudolph. with Guildford Gazetta Podcast. Good evening and welcome to the Guildford Gazetta Podcast. Well, tonight I'm joined by Canal City Manager James Nichols, and we're just waiting on our English. Good evening, Jim. Good evening, Dennis. How are you? Yeah, Brian, you've been absolutely fantastic. I'm guessing you're a happy man this week. 
Yeah, glad to be back at football. I'm just waiting to see what the announcement is from the Northern League, hopefully tonight, about whether we restart Saturday. Yeah, I think there's a... I read something on Twitter about it there, waiting for confirmation from all the clubs by 6pm tomorrow night. No, it was tonight, Dennis, so we should be expecting an answer tonight. I thought it was tomorrow, by 6pm, so... Yeah, I'll, I'll check that out, Jeremy. You might be right. I, also, I just retweeted it, but I wasn't I was didn't look at it properly, but I thought it was 6pm tomorrow night for all clubs to make no, a decision on um, it. All, all the clubs got the email last night saying they needed it by 6pm tonight, and then they were having a meeting, so we're just waiting to hear what the outcome is from that. Hopefully that'll be our return to football, Gemma. I hope so. I mean, I, I don't... I understand where clubs are coming from. A lot of clubs are saying that they can't survive without the bar takings that come alongside it. But I just yeah. feel if, if areas remain in tier three long term, we potentially could be without football for a long, long term if that's what they decide. Yeah, we're looking way into February, March, couldn't we? So, I mean, Jim, let's put COVID aside just now. We managed to get a football game. We'll talk Penrith first away. What an enthralling game of football, Jim. You still there, Jim? I've lost James. You still there, Jim? Can you hear me, pal? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now, mate. An interesting game of... um... (laughs) <laughs> it's a good start, Dennis. No, it was it was a good game of football. I mean, I thought we were really poor first half. It was really disappointing with our performance. Um, I think, he, as I said to you on the, on the night, I mean, we'd had a long time without football. We hadn't just had a month lockdown. We hadn't played for the month before it, really, or we played once in a month. So we'd had a long time without football, and it showed we were rusty. And I thought, I thought Penrith were the we were quite lucky to go into one up. I thought we started the second half really brightly, and it was only really when we made changes in the second half it really upset our rhythm. But as I say, I was a lot more pleased with the second half. I felt we offered a lot more and we looked a lot more like ourselves. And say the changes affected the rhythm of the game and probably gave Penrith a way back in. Yeah, I thought I thought the changes you made at half time were outstanding as well. I thought I thought honestly. And good evening, Alan. How are you? I think he's Skyping, Jim. You know that? He's on Wickton Internet. Oh, is he? Oh, that'll be like four weeks delay then. We'll catch him up in four weeks' time, eh? <laughs> yeah, it was a great game of football, James. Honestly, it was a fantastic game of football to watch and to sort of report on. I mean, you must have been pleased with, with some of the goals as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think I think we know with the quality of player that we've got in our team that we will always be a threat. And I, I think you've seen that in both games. We always look like we're going to score. Um, and obviously, I think we've scored seven in two games. And as I say, that's, that's sort of, it tells you everything you need to know about us as a side. We've got a real, real threat going forward and we're always likely to score goals. Yeah, and Ron McCartney back to fitness nearly. Yeah, I mean, obviously, again, I mean, you obviously, we've had a good start, but we've had a good start missing an awful lot of players. And I mean, to miss him for the for probably 60 70 percent of the games that we've played so far, it's going to be a huge boost for us getting back into football that he's going to be available every game. And um, I mean, you've seen already he's got four in a game and a half, really, and he probably could have scored more if he hadn't missed his penalty on Saturday. 
Yeah, I don't think we'll talk about the penalty. I don't think he wants to talk about it either. I think he's trying to avoid it. Although I think Dan Kirkup was trying to claim one of his goals, to be honest, but I've reviewed that and it's not of Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He was pretty sure it was. <laughs> I, I, I've reviewed it, Jim. If, if anything, it comes off the defender before it hits, it hits, it hits Dan there. So I, I'd give it to no, Rob all day. I've, I've watched it. I've slowed it down and reviewed it. And I've said to Rob, sorry, Rob, on this occasion, mate, it's definitely yours, mate. Don't worry about it. And I'll tell, tell Dan, I'll say, listen, Dan, I've watched it slow motion the whole lot, you know, and, and it, it, you can see where it's coming towards sort of Dan's foot, but it, it, it's nobody in the deflection. It's a little bit of a deflection off the defender, which takes it in, but it was goal bound anyway. So, and I give it to Rob. I'd give that to Rob any day. It's his shot, it's his strike. But you know what, you know what players are like, you know, they get a little bit kind of. Overexcited. I'll let you tell Dan. <laughs> I'll tell him. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, oh, you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's coming from a big guy who's on a goal, a goal scoring streak than there is. So, you know. Oh, yeah, Look, absolutely. Alan, are you with us? Can you hear us, Alan? I can hear you now. Yeah. It was Alan, very- great to have you, mate. You must have been happy with the, the two games. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, we've, um, I thought the first, first kind of, 30 minutes, maybe even the first half at Pen- Penrith was was quite disappointing. Well, it was understandable, really, rather than disappointing. Um, it, it was sloppy all over, really, for both sides. Um, and it, I think Penrith probably settled the quicker. They probably settled after about 25 minutes, whereas it took us a little bit longer to get into the stride of things. But then, obviously, the the second half, we came out really strong. Um, and then, obviously, the Cleeton Moore game, you could, we could talk about that all night. It was just... It was just blew us away, really. It wasn't what we were expecting. Um, and for the lads who came in, you can only you can just take your hat off to them because it was it was absolutely phenomenal how they performed against a really tricky side at a really tricky place. Yeah, Jim. I mean, looking at Cleeton Moore, and I was coming in in the first sort of five ten minutes. You know, Carlos said we're just finding the ground, but again, I mean, Cleeton Moore had a few chances, but nothing to say that would threaten. Carlos City at all and once Carlos City got into their stride they never looked like they came out of second gear Jim no not really I mean I've been there I was trying to I was trying to work out I think I've been there four or five times over the years mainly in county cup matches and I've never come away with anything I mean it's a it's a tough real tough place to go um and they've got they've got some really decent players I know quite a few of them from from when I was at Penrith uh Kieran Maguire was very very good la- last year when we played them in the cup. And I mean, we made changes and what we sort of said all along is we want to give everybody minutes and there was an opportunity there for lads who hadn't played much at Penrith to really sort of set their stall out and put the put their name in the hat for a start on Saturday. And as I say, I think they did it to a man. Um, I mean, me and I were talking on, on the way back and saying there's not a single person out of there who you could question a performance or say that they weren't up to it. Every single man was, and that, that's why we ended up such comfortable winners. And although it was three and we missed a penalty, it probably could have been more. I mean, I thought their keeper made some decent saves. And as I say, I mean, I thought we limited them to very, very little. They had a chance after about a minute and a half, which Sam did really well to save. And aside from that, I mean, he, he had nothing to do. He, he was complaining all the way back in the car about being cold because he'd had nothing to do all game. And as I say, I think that's a testament to the lads who came in. And as I say, it's given us some real decisions to make now going forward, which as a manager is obviously fantastic, but it's also yeah. obviously also a bit of a headache for us. 
I thought the young boy that you brought in from the development squad was outstanding, James. I, I really was impressed with him. I can't remember his second yeah. name, but I thought yeah, James he was Murdoch. Out... I, I mean, Murdoch, we, I, I, went, I went to watch him when we didn't have a game last week and he was the best player on the pitch by a country mile against New Lays. And then the big question is, is how do you manage the step up? And I, he was absolutely brilliant and he keeps himself involved and he'll probably start tomorrow night against Penrith as well. And it gives him another opportunity. And I think that's the real sort of the positive with the club, you know, a lot of clubs at our level, they have reserves and things like that. But actually, there isn't a clear path for them to make that step into the first team. And we've always said all along, if players are, are good enough, they're old enough. And I, I mean, you look around that squad on Saturday, of the 13, 14 players who were involved, I think nine of them were under the age of 21 which is absolutely amazing. As I say, I mean, it tells you that we're moving in the right direction because we've got these young, fit, hungry lads who, who want to play football and do well for the club. Yeah, Alan, speaking about uh, Sam Henderson, I mean, it must be great having a goalkeeper that does absolutely nothing, but when he's suddenly called upon, he's quick and he responds brilliantly. I thought he was outstanding, Sam, for, for, for the reason he had so little to do, but when he was called upon, I thought he was outstanding, Alan. Yeah, it's, tr- it's tricky when you, you do switch off when you haven't got a lot, even as kind of a, a defender, um, but even more so of a keeper because, as as James has said, he's, he's there twining about being called because he hasn't. And you've got to be... And, and that's part of, part of parcel being with a keeper. There are games when you're going to have very, very little to do and it's it's can you keep concentrated enough to then pull off a big save yeah. after kind of 60 minutes of not doing anything? Um, and, and obviously... He, he has done and he's since kind of coming in at the start of the season he's been he's been really good for us I know the lads always go on about his talk and his organising and things like that and that's something that kind of keeps you switched on as a keeper if you are following the game and you're keeping on the case of the of the lads yeah and as a defender yourself Alan you must have been impressed with young James uh, Murdoch Absolutely, yeah, um, and and that's it. I've I've seen it. I've seen it a lot myself. Um, young lads coming in, and with not taking anything away from him, I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, but the the next thing is, can you back it up? Um, and obviously, James has said, yeah, he's made the step up, but how consistently can he perform like that? Because if he does, then he's putting himself right in the right in the picture for for the first team start. Um, and and that's yeah. it. basically James. How do you that up? Sorry, Alan. We've got a real player. Yeah, no, we've got a real player on our hands that that realistically could go on to bigger and better things. But it's a very, 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 very start of a, a long journey. If, if that's so, James, how do you how do you man manage that? I mean, I'm talking about making the step up. How do you do? You, do you talk to him separately, or I mean, how do you manage it? Because he's still a young boy at the height. He's at yeah, 17. I think, I think, I think the, the thing is, I mean, it probably helps when you look at the other centre halves that we've got at the club. I mean, he's got he's got very very experienced players around him, and as I say, he's hopefully got people he can learn off. And I think the big thing the big thing for James is there will be times, as I say, where he's playing, and there will be times where he's not playing. And I think the important thing for young lads, and we see it more and more these days, is when they're not playing, is they can very easily throw the towel in and they that's them. They want to go back and play with their mates and go and play on Sundays and things like that. And the big the big thing for James, it's his mentality. And it's how, it's how he now responds. He's come in, he's done well. It's how he responds to setbacks and, and making mistakes and things like that. Because unfortunately, football isn't all about being 
right on the money all the time. It's about how you handle rejection. It's how you handle disappointment. It's how how you handle things when it's not going your way. And as I say, we've had one good game from James and we can see, and I think everybody who's there, I mean, I was speaking to one of the Cleetham Moore fans and he was saying, oh, wow, he's fantastic for 17. Um, but it's how you back that up now. And there's no pressure on James. He comes in and as I say, he's done well. But now it's how regularly he can do that. And as I say, I mean, that's the advantage of having the development side, I suppose. He he can drop out, he can he can train, he can stay involved, he can play if required and if he's doing well. But if there are difficulties, he can drop down, he can still train with us. And that's the real advantage of the structure that we've got as a club. So, Jim, will, will the young boy start training where you are? Will he be involved in training, saying it's coming a couple of weeks to kind of yeah. get him? Yeah, that's the plan. So, as I say, the, the plan for tomorrow, I mean, I haven't spoke to Alan about teams yet and what we're going to start, but it's looking like he'll probably start tomorrow night uh, next to Dan Kirkup. And as I say, it's a different partner for him to play with and that obviously brings its own sort of challenges for him. But as I say, he's done enough on Saturday to show us that he's worth another goal. And as I say, it's that's, that's the plan and that's got to be the aim for everybody in the development side is to experience what James has over the weekend. Yeah, it'll be exciting tomorrow night. And obviously, I so say you got Dan Kirk up back. What, uh, do you have Adam Bradbury? Because he was outstanding against Clayton Moore. Yeah, so talk I about mean, enjoying your football. I mean, Aaron, Aaron's available and he uh, he's hopefully can be available a lot more on weekends as well. I know we've certainly got him for... No. <laughs> I've lost him. You still there, Alan? Yeah, still here. Is it me or is he definitely yeah, gone? Yeah, I'm still here. Uh, I t- uh, you're still there, James? Cut off there. Um, no, as I say, the, the, the opportunity for Aaron's to come in and play, and as I say, he's hopefully available the next couple of Saturdays as well, which would be a huge boost for us. Wow. That'd be excellent. I mean, I thought, he, I mean, Watching him against Clayton Moore, my God, he was playing with a smile on his face. He was absolutely loving his football, James, honestly. He just looked like he just was so glad to be on the pitch. Yeah, I think he does. And I mean, the lads love having him there. I mean, he brings something something so different to anybody else to the party. And uh, I mean, I've, obviously, I've spent a lot of time at Penrith in the league above. There's not many better players around than Aaron Bradbury. And I'll be brutally honest, if he was playing every week for us, he probably wouldn't be playing for us because he could go a lot, lot higher, but his work sort of dictates what he can and can't do. But as I say, if Aaron can play a few more Saturdays for us, it will really help us in where we want to be. Yeah, and Alan, obviously, we were talking about goal scorers. Uh, it's great to see Robin amongst the goals again as well. And I thought Kieran Kerr was outstanding against Cleeton Moore. Yeah, uh, obviously, it's, it, it was, it's great to see because obviously Rob's proved that he's kind of a squad player like he's happy he's, he's kind of a team player as well because he was out of the team and although he's kind of our top scorer he's our our main striker and all that when when Jordan Palm was playing up there and scoring goals there was no twining there was no moping about there was no disrespect he'd join in the warm-ups every time he, he would knock his pan in and there was no there was no sour grapes so it was it was really good to see see from Rob um, pre-lockdown and then obviously it's proved his worth and he's proved what he can do since kind of coming back in against Penrith and Cleeton Moore and it's it's great to have somebody who's as good as he is with the attitude that he's got um, 
and you can only take your hat off to him because it, it is difficult at times when you feel like you should you could be playing or you should be playing um and sometimes it, it is you've got you've got to suck it in and you've just got to take it on the chin and f- for the best for the whole team you've just got to get on with it there's no point in moping about it only brings other lads down and realistically it, it really puts a, a sour a, a sour look on it and it it reflects really badly as you as a person and and Rob hasn't done that and it's it's great to see him kind of come in and and do as well as he has and and on Kieran Kerr again is he had a knockback at the start of the season he played the first game done quite well was out of the team for a couple of games and again there was no moping about there was no and he's came from a a, decent, a good standard he's dropped down and it's it's really it's really good to see all the players just buying into what we're doing and understanding that they're not going to play every game. There are going to be alterations and they've, they've just got to get on with it because realistically, if you are moping about, it's it's not it's not something that we're going to kind of, we're going to take. Um, and the only way you win games is if you're all in it together and everybody's working. And yeah, James, it must be great having, as they say, no, no eggs in the changing room. It clearly shows that there's a great unity in there. No, and I think... And policy, to be honest, it's fine picking up players who are going to come in and add to your group. But you want you want the right players as well. I mean, I mean, I don't know if you know this, Dennis, but Sam Henderson's actually leaving, leaving very very soon to go and live in Gibraltar for a year. His girlfriend's got a job, and he's got an opportunity to go over there and play football full time. Um, so that that leaves us with a bit of a game. That would Lincoln is what for me. Is that where Lincoln is that yeah, where Lincoln yeah, Reds that, maybe or something? Or? Yeah, that's one of the clubs he's going to um he's going on trial with. So um oh, wow. obviously you won't like that, Dennis, because I'm sure they beat Celtic in the Champions League, didn't they? Absolutely, I was at it and do you want to know something? It was it was it was one of them, it was one of them nights, you know, you took it, they were brilliant, they were a great club. I made a lot of friends there and I'm good friends with their, their media man just now, uh, and when they came to Parkhead, I made close friends with their, their fan base as well. They had, they looked after us, so I could take a beating. You know, it's how you lose. You know, they won the game. They played good football. We were poor in the night, and they were they were good. And you give credit to teams like that. You know, you don't just know sour grapes there. I was I was quite happy to you know disappointed to lose. I had no worries in the second leg. I knew it was going to happen at Parkhead. They weren't under any illusion. They knew it was going to happen. But it's a great club. It's a great fan base, you know, and, and Sam will do really well there. Yeah, well, let's say so he's he's going over there prob- probably before the end of the year. So, I mean, Alan and I have spent the last week and a half looking for a goalkeeper. And to be fair to Sam, he's been brilliant with this. He was really up front. There's nothing worse as a manager as someone playing on a Saturday and then texting you on a Monday telling you they're off and that's it. Um, Sam has given us plenty of warning, probably longer than a week and a half, probably towards sort of three weeks. And what it's allowed us to do, it's allowed us to assess what goalkeepers are available locally. And um, I've been to meet one today, who I'm hopeful we're about 95% sure that he's going to sign. We just need the paperwork to go through. And it'll be a good, a really good addition to the club. But again, it, as, as we say, part of our recruitment policy is, yeah, can you play football? Do you add to what we do in that side? But also, we want somebody who's going to come and sort of be of similar character to the players that we've got. What we don't want is we don't want somebody who's going to come in and upset the apple cart. And as I say, it makes it very, yeah. it probably makes it more challenging for me and Alan to get the right players, but it makes it more beneficial in the end. And in say, I feel a, I feel in the characters that we've got, we haven't got any any bad eggs in there at all. We haven't got anybody who's going to 
who's going to rock the boat, who's going to upset the apple cart. We've got lads who are there because they want to win games of football for Carlisle City. And ultimately, at the end of the day, that's what we're all there for. And I think having that sort of that sort of view amongst everybody is probably why we're doing well. Yeah. I know I knew a keeper in Scotland called Cole Milne. I don't know if you ever got in touch with him. He was a good little keeper. I, I played against him and, and I've watched his career, but I don't know if you ever got in touch with you because I'd given you a number there. Eh? He was an outstanding keeper from what I've seen. And he played junior, from 15-year-old, playing junior level up to 18, and he's, he keeps himself very fit. But I don't know if you ever got in touch with you, Jim. Not sure. I don't, the name doesn't ring a bell. That's ah, a shame. Outstanding keeper, Jim. Eh? I mean, he really... I, I mean, I saw him... I mean, I'll tell you what, I think the best way to give him testament to this boy was for someone like Didier Agat or Bobby Petter to say, you know, what an outstanding keeper, that's good enough. But when a, a Lisbon line like Jim Craig can turn around and go like that, that, that is, that's an outstanding goalkeeper. To step in for the Rangers squad and when a certain Rangers goalkeeper hurt himself, a legend of a Rangers goalkeeper, after just 10 minutes of a game and a 15-year-old boy steps straight in, and he was he was man of the match. He was I mean, he pulled off some unbelievable saves and he's not a big tall guy, Jim. Eh? He's only but his physique was unbelievable. So I always thought he'd have got in touch with you, but hey, moving on anyway. No, well, so looking forward to tomorrow. Sorry, looking forward to tomorrow. Uh can we expect many changes tomorrow or are we kinda Yeah, the the will there will be, as I say. I mean, I plan all the way through has been to sort of rotate lads and get the minutes. As I say, we've got we've got a couple of players come back in. So James Earl's available tomorrow night. Tyler Bowman set to make his first appearance of the season. Dan Kirkup's back. Excellent. Um, Jake Simpson's available. Aaron Bradbury's available. You know, we've got we've got a lot of players available tomorrow. And as I say, it, we we probably limit a few players to our half. So potentially Kieran Olsen, who's played. Two nineties already. He probably doesn't need another ninety in his legs, and similar to Sam Atkinson. But as I say, we we've yeah. got we've got such a good squad at the moment. It isn't just about eleven players. There's probably twenty players that we've got who have got a, who are really sort of of a very very good standard. And as I say, I mean we've had we've had some horrific injuries in terms of the time that players have missed, and yet we've sort of worn it quite well. I mean, you've just got to look at Mark Shield. So Mark Shield, that was his first game since the second game of the season. You know, we haven't had him all season. Well, he played nearly every game last year. And as I say, I think that probably tells you the strength of the squad that we've got, that we've picked up the results we have with so many players missing. As I say, we, we're desperate to start on Saturday. We want to carry on the run that we, that we had before lockdown. And I feel at the moment with the squad we've got, we can beat anybody on our day. Alan, speaking of Sam Atkinson, I don't know if you saw the highlights of that goal, that free kick. That was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah, keeper's yeah. got to do better. <laughs> no, um, so, I was right behind. I thought it was uh, beautiful, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, and and Jim and Jim said it to, when we were kind of when he was lined up when he was about to hit it. He said, realistically, who do you want to be hitting this? Um, and there probably isn't many people in the league that you'd want to be standing over a free kick from. 20, 25 yards out because um, he does. He, 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 he's practised them so much over the years and I've seen him take them so many times. But but at times, he's just he's not very forceful and he, he kind of, sometimes maybe that's his downfall. He needs to kind of step up and say, no, I'm I'm taking this. But he's, he's quite laid back and obviously if there's other people who, who fancy, fancy a pop at a free kick, 
is is not one to get in the way. And, and sometimes we, we kind of think on the side, go on, just be a bit nastier than just say, because he's scored quite a few free kicks this season. Obviously, the one at Sunderland West End, um, yeah, it was a it was a consolation, but it's still a it's still it's still some strike. And obviously, that one on on Saturday and. And yeah, um, since we've t- taken over, um, I have seen him put a few in there. So, so yeah, it was a it was a good good strike. I, I still I still think it could have been a little bit a little bit higher. I'm not sure if the keeper could have done better, but so yeah, we'll we'll give him that one. I think it was wonderful. Only because I filmed it, I was right behind it. James, any news on Brandon Lonky? Yeah, so Brandon's getting closer by the day. To be honest, I mean he's been (laughs) he's been out. Would you believe it for nearly five years with these various ACL injuries? Um, And obviously, as you can well imagine from Brandon's point of view, what he doesn't want to do is push himself too quickly too soon. So he's been on a sort of long intensive rehab since probably August, maybe July. I um, mean, he's getting to the point now where we're getting close to getting close to him, getting games. So he's been training. He's been in full contact training now for two, three weeks, um, and he'll be doing the warm up tomorrow. I think it's probably still too early to put him into a game, but we're certainly getting closer. And obviously, once we do that, it just strengthens the squad once more. Yeah, it's fantastic to hear that. It's been a long, long, torrid time for him, and he's he's a cracking lad. Uh, Alan, I mean, talking to Sam Atkinson, I bet he can't hit the, the crossbar though for one bounce there. Oh, that's a no, talent for no, you, mate. No, that's, just, that's your talent, that. <laughs> I can't do much on a football pitch, but I, I, I can, yeah, you can hit that way. crossbar though, eh? And your boy's no bad either, eh? I can hit them as well. I know he, he spends he spends plenty of time trying to, trying to put them in the top sack. So, no, he, he enjoys his... His pre-game. Yeah, I think he does all right. Every time I'm watching him, he's, he's finding him in the top left-hand corner, bottom right-hand corner. Two feet and all. Two feet, Alan, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, that's something you know, I didn't have do. two feet. I had a half a foot. That was good enough. You know. So, James, looking at tomorrow, you must be you must be getting excited. You, know? you must have, The build-up's been, been coming. It's a cracking game of football. There'll be fans back there. We're going to try and go over 100 with a bit of luck. Yeah, he, he, do you know what? It's, it's just nice to be back back to normal as daft as that sounds I mean it's such a I I think when you're at our level of football it does it plays such a big part of your life you know you're not you're not doing it for the money you're doing it because you're enjoying it and to have that taken away from you for probably six months of a year it's really it's really hard you know like what do you talk about (laughs) what what do people do on Saturdays when they don't have football you know it's it, it is such a difference and a different sort of way of living and a different way of doing things. And as I say, I mean, for myself personally, it's just nice to have a bit of normality. Um, and my normality is going to football on a Saturday and it has been for the best part of 15 years. And as I say, to suddenly stop that is very, very difficult. And you, you don't really know what to do with yourself. And as I say, it's nice to have it back. I think what, what adds to it is it's a bit of a local derby. It's be, it was competitive in the first game. We know it's going to be competitive tomorrow. And I think that obviously adds to the occasion a little bit. Yeah, they were definitely up for it, Alan. I mean, uh, when we arrived at Penrith, I was already getting the fuel for it on social media that Penrith wanted to win this game. And they wanted to win this trophy just because it's something to win. And they were, they, were, they were hungry for it. And it showed. And they'll be determined, very determined tomorrow night, I'd expect. Absolutely, and obviously, when as James says, when when you've been out of 
out of football for as long as as long as you have friendlies. Realistically, they go out the window because everybody is so desperate to to treat every game as a as a kind of competitive game. It, and people say about friendlies, and you'll you'll hear about twining about certain tackles in friendlies and and that. But realistically, if you're getting up to speed for a for a league start restarting or starting, you've got to be playing with the intensity and yeah. the the drive that that you're going to play with on the on the Saturday that follows. And and Penrith obviously done that. They started really really. They started a little. There was a bit of sluggish, but it it wasn't it wasn't for the lack of trying. It was it was kind of inevitable with how long we've been out. But no, absolutely, everybody everybody should want to go out and want to win every single game possible. Yeah, and James, they were unlucky at Workington, weren't they? Yeah, by all accounts, I was speaking to Dabba at work on Monday, and he said they played well. They they created chances, and he he felt on another day they maybe could have got a result from that game, but. I mean, we we've obviously played them in pre-season and then in this sort of mini pre-season in the middle of the season. And I mean, I've I've been impressed. I mean, they keep they do keep the ball really really well. Um, and as I say, I mean, they, we know tomorrow is going to be a, a a battle and a scrap, and it'll be tough. And as I say, I think that's that's the advantages of the games that we've played. We could have played other sides where we maybe would have dominated the ball and really sort of scored an awful lot of goals and looked really, really good. But the reality is the games against Penrith and the games against Cleetamore are exactly what we're going to be coming up against from Saturday onwards. And I think that that is why they that is why we picked the games that we did, because we wanted it to be realistic and to be similar to what we're going to be playing in. And I think it's done exactly that. And I I wouldn't have changed the friendlies that we've played for anything, to be honest. Yeah, starting with you, Alan. If you were to people listening tonight for encouragement to come down, how would you encourage the fans to come down? What would you say to them? Live football. Um, what what bloke doesn't? Well, what bloke and females and kids don't want to get down and and see see live football? Obviously, it's it's going to be really juicy. It's going to be intense. There is going to be there will be tackles. Absolutely, no doubt about it. There will be tackles. And I'd like to think there will be plenty of goals because there's still going to be mistakes. There's going to be lads still getting kind of back used to it. And realistically, everybody I've men- everybody I've spoke to who's came down and given it a chance has returned and is chomping at the bit to get back down and, and watch tomorrow. And that it's kind of credit to the lads because they do put on a, a good performance and even more so at home. So... Yeah, that's all I'd say. Give it a chance and I bet your bottom dollar that you will return and you will enjoy it and you'll go away happy and feeling like you've had good value. Yeah, we've got a 7pm kickoff. It's £4 at the door for adults and £2 for concessions and the food's open from 6.30 with the little griddle. I mean, you're going to have hot foods, floodlights, a little bit of water on the pitch. Yeah, Derby, what more could you ask for, Alan? Do you know what I mean? What more could you possibly ask for than a heated Derby under the floodlights at Guildford Park? <laughs> Absolutely not. Right, so I've lost. I think we've lost Jim again, and he's dropped it. So I'll get. I'll get his take on that shortly as well. But I mean, I've said it's been well promoted, and hopefully we'll get a good crowd down there. And again, I want to thank. I know they'll be listening tonight to Michael Segi and Dave, uh, LeashaNewcar.co.uk for generosity and for sponsoring. It was kind of them to do that. James, we were just saying there. I mean, it's it's we're talking four pounds for adults, two pounds for for kids and and seniors under the floodlights at Guildford Park, a meaty derby. I mean, what more could you ask? Yeah, for, James? I mean, everybody I've spoken to about it seems to be telling me they're coming. So hopefully. We'll- 
crowd. There's quite a few people interested from working going because obviously there's me, there's Alan, there's Boydie, there's Dave, there's Manager Penrith. You know, there's a lot of people there with a lot of interests. And as I say, hopefully it will be a decent crowd because it will be a decent game. It will it will have plenty of competitiveness to it. And as I say, we, we're hopeful that obviously we can put on a show and it gets people back down again once the season does restart. Yeah, Alan summed it up there as well. There's bound to be goals because there will be mistakes. People, it's a, we're still getting into that little rhythm, so there will be mistakes, and both teams can score goals, so there should be plenty of goals as well. Yeah, I mean, that. I think we've averaged over three a game at home in our home games in the league, so I don't see any reason why that can't continue. Obviously, we scored four four last week, we scored three on Saturday, so no, as I say, there, there is the opportunity for goals, and as I say, it will be an entertaining game. Would you say it might be a little bit tasty, as in physical? You think it might get a little bit tasty, yeah. wet pitch and all? Potentially. I mean, there, there, there have been spells in both games where it's got a little bit physical at times. And I think that's, as I said to you before, that, that's part of the reason why we picked the games that we did and we wanted to play the teams that we did. We wanted something that would be similar and resemble what we're going to face in the league. And I think the games that we've played so far have certainly done that. It's brilliant, honestly. I mean, what I've been seeing so far is this unbeaten, this, this unbeaten run of your gym just keeps going and going. And the influence you're having on the players is outstanding and they're responding to everything. They look fantastic, you know, and, and there's a hunger and desire there. I mean, let's say you could see it at Cleeton Moor, this hunger was there. They're determined and you, you can feel I, it. As I say, though, Dennis, I think that comes down to recruitment and getting the right players. And do you know what? A lot of credit has got to go to the players as well because they've had a month where we've put the ball in their court to stay fit. And do you know what? There's not one of them who's come back and you thought, oh, you look really, really leggy here. They, they've looked after themselves and they've put themselves in a good position because our worry was, and I'll be honest with you, our worry was that one or two didn't and they came back overweight or they came back unfit because they'd done nothing and would have really struggled. And we... <laughs> We have to be. We have to be at our best. We have to be at our best physically, and we have to be at our best both mentally and in term, terms of the way we approach games. And I think the lads are absolutely fantastic at that. And as I say, they deserve a lot of credit for the way they've looked after themselves during lockdown, because now they've given themselves a chance when they come back just to hit the ground running again. Yeah, you can see that. You can see they looked after themselves, Alan. That must be a great relief when you. You know, they first turn back up at training, you're thinking, well, oh, yeah, wait a minute, the lads the lads look all right. Well, that's it, yeah. So be before the first training session, um, I asked James just to send them a message and just see where they're at and be as, be as honest as possible. Um, because cause it is, it's one of those, do you waste your two weeks that you've got trying to get them up to kind of core fitness or do you hit them with the short and sharp stuff that's really going to get them ready for the games? And and that's what James done. He sent him a message and said, look, where are you at? What have you done? Um, are you fit? Are you ready? What What do you feel like you need? And luckily, we got the response that we wanted and everybody said, no, we, we have been ticking over with kind of endurance stuff and we do need the short and sharp stuff. Um, so straight away on the, on the first Saturday when we were back in, we were able to absolutely hammer them with short and sharp stuff and get them really kind of up to up to game kind of pace. And then obviously we had the same on the on the Thursday. So yeah, it it was ideal. It was really really ideal. And as James says, you, you do because so many players that I know, um, me included, if if I'd been kind of left to my own device, 
I'd have done very, very, very little. Um, and it's, it is, it's credit to them because it, it'll have been hard because it's crap nights. They're coming home from work. They're all coming home from work. The, the weather's horrible. And for them to drag themselves off the sofa or get out early in the morning. Uh, and by the looks of them, a lot of them have been doing it kind of three times a week. So twice during the week and, and on a weekend for them to do that for a whole month and come back in ship shape is huge, huge credit to them. So, so no. So James, have you got selection worries? We haven't got worries. We've got too many players, Dennis. <laughs> no, not at all. It's, um... That's what I mean. is it, is it, give you... No, not really. As I say, I mean, <laughs> you'd far rather be in that position. A happy one, yeah, a happy you, you'd far rather be in the position that we're in. And the reason we're in the position that we're in is, I think all along, we we know what we've got here. We know what we've got in terms of ability. We know what we've got in terms of characters. And we also know that we've got a massive, massive <laughs> schedule coming up. We've got 27 games left. We need to use the squad. It isn't just about using 11 players to get us through the end of the season because it won't work. It won't work. There's too many games. There's too many midweeks. There'll be injuries. There'll be suspensions. It's about using our squad, and I think we've got a really good squad. And I think if you ask any of the lads, I, I would say most of the lads are happy with where they are. You know, they they know they know what we expect. They know what they expect of each other. And as I say, we've put ourselves in a good position. And now it's how we restart and to ensure that we sort of carry on on the run that we were, if we can. Obviously, there'll be there'll be ups and downs, and there'll, there'll be sort of holding the road for us to fall down. But as you say, that's that's part and parcel of football. But I mean, I'm really happy with where we are in terms of uh, personnel-wise. And as I say, I just want to get started again now. Obviously, I'd say we had James Murdoch from Development Squad. Is, can we expect any more young boys yeah, to come through from Development Squad? Obviously, we've got Bobby season? Dixon with us away at Willington. Uh, we potentially would have taken Bobby on Saturday as well, but the reserves were a little bit short of players for Saturday. Um, but I think we never, we're not afraid to to put players in if we feel that they're good enough and they're performing well enough. We'll take them. And I mean, you've just got to look at the age of the squad. As I say, you look, you look at the team that started on Saturday. So you've got Sam Henderson, who's twenty. Kieran Olsen's twenty. James is seventeen. Michael Slack's one of the elder ones at twenty-six. Henry Walker's 19, Nathan Johnson's 20, Liam Studham's 21, Aaron Bradbury's 22. You know, they're the young lads. The young lads at the start of the footballing career and to be playing at the level they are and to be playing regularly is absolutely fantastic. And as I say, if people are good enough and they're proving to us, then there's absolutely no reason why they won't come in and play. So, obviously, looking, we're waiting for, to hear back from the decision made by the teams in the league. Obviously, it was six o'clock tonight. You're correct, James. I'm just going to look at that. Uh, obviously, that's going to dictate the rest of the season for us. And fingers crossed, it means we get back at it. Yeah, it's... Um, we just want to get back, as I say. For me, if we're being told that we can have fans in the ground, I think that's good enough. And I think, I think teams have got to... Just get on with it. I mean, as uh, we could potentially be going to February or March here if we're talking about clubhouses reopening and stuff. And if I'm honest, if we get to that point and we haven't played enough games, we won't finish the season. And I think for the second year running, I don't think that's good enough at this level of football, to be honest. 
No, I agree. I spoke to Ben Snowden about it at the Cumberland FA, and he's he's the same feeling. It's just not something they want to delay. They'd rather get back to it, you know, on on, on the condition that everyone's safe. Because obviously, we're talking we're talking lives yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. Lives I, I, I you know, think, people have died I think of this. The the major concern in terms of catching the virus for players is travel. If I'm honest, it's travel and and. I, yeah, I mean the foot the football side of it actually feels relatively safe. And I was saying, Alan, I don't feel, I don't feel unsafe at, at football at all. You know, there's not enough people there to feel unsafe. As I say, it's the travel that's, and as you say, it is it is the clubhouses and things like that because they're enclosed spaces. But as I say, we we're not the ones to make decisions. It needs to be right for everybody. And as I say, if they feel that, if they feel that it isn't safe to play for health reasons and absolutely I'm totally with it. If we're talking financial reasons, well, this is maybe a lesson to be had for clubs. Don't pay the wages that you're playing if you can't afford to. And, uh, and that sounds absolutely ruthless, but there will be teams who are paying huge, huge nice. money. Well, ask your players to pay on half money. I'm telling you, if I went and asked my lads to play on half money and they get next to nothing anyway, they would do it because they want to play football. And as I say, I think it's, if it's for health reasons or whatever, then yeah, I absolutely get it. I totally understand. But That's if fine. it's about finances and teams saying that they can't pay players' wages, we're playing in step ten in England. You know, tell lads, tell lads they're getting half money because, particularly, particularly some of the sides in the northeast are travelling twenty minutes to games. They're not having to put a huge commitment in twice a week, potentially only once a week, and travelling twenty minutes to games. Well, some of the money that's getting bandied around for that is absolutely ridiculous. And it's, uh, yeah, as I say, if it's for health reasons, yeah, I'm all for it, Dennis. But if it's finance reasons, as I say, tell your players who are getting half money or they're paying for nothing. Because I tell you, the position that lads are in at the moment, they will go and do that. And if they wouldn't, you've got the wrong types of, if they yeah, wouldn't, you've got the wrong types of players at your club. I'm with you, Nigel. I man up the lot. If it's if it's financial, if you're twining because of money, then you know you forget the current predicament we're in. You're taking you're taking that you're taking the mickey basically, you know, and forget it. For health and safety reasons, absolutely, Alan. You'll probably echo that. I'm guessing. Absolutely, yeah, no, um, and and that's it. We don't know what people are getting, but obviously it it is kind of it is raising its head. If if that's why they can't play because of because of finances, it is kind of saying, well, come on then. What what are you actually paying? Because yeah, it's it's not it's not right. And and as James says, surely any player, anybody who's into football and wants to play football for the right reasons, would just want to get out and play with such a such a big break and a such such a big layoff. Yeah, James. One of the comments I want to tell you was I was talking to a particular reporter about Carlisle in, in general, and how excited it is to see two Carlisle clubs absolutely going for it and looking like they could finish the season with with promotion. Yeah, I mean it's pro- probably never happened before, to be honest. Um, but no, as I say, I mean obviously, I mean I think mean, nope. Carlisle United were winning tonight as well. The last I checked, they were one nil up. Um, but no, he's good for the city. I mean we. We want closer relationships with Carlisle United, and it's obviously we played them pre-season, and our hope is obviously if they go up, it, it benefits the whole city as a whole in terms of the footballing infrastructure. And as I say, if we can get higher up the football league ladder, it, it helps them as well, you know, with potential of loan deals and things like that. And as I say, it will be a huge, huge boost for the footballing sort of structure of the city. 
Now looking at Cumbria, of course, Barrow just recently released David yeah. Dunn James. Yeah, he, do you know what we and, we had a conversation uh, in the car on the way back? So there was me and the two keepers, um, and we were just saying that it, it looked pretty dicey for him. You don't want to see anybody losing jobs. I think they'd lost nine in a row. Um, it's it's very very difficult at that level or any level to keep your job. Um, but particularly at that level when they've spent so many years away from that level, they don't want to be going back down again and having to slug it out in the Conference National again. And obviously no. they felt it was the need, need to make change. From what I've been reading, they haven't actually been playing too badly. They've just been unable to get the results. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, that's the nature that's... of the beast. And I'm sure, it, I'm sure he'll be sore. I mean, I've been in a job similar, not where... Uh, not when I was sat by, I resigned. But it, it's not pleasant, and it's it's a very very lonely place, you know. And it, it, you know, you question everything that you've done. You question everybody around you. Could they have given more? Could you have given more? And it is a lonely place. But I'm sure he'll pick himself up. I'm sure he'll find himself another job in football somewhere. He may not be a manager again for a little while, or he might it might have put him off managing for life. But you know, you. It is it is a tough one to take, and even at our level, you know, if you lose your job, it isn't it isn't nice, and it it does take a little bit to get over that. And I, one of the one of the best people who around me at the time when I left Penrith was the Penrith chairman. You know, I actually resigned from Penrith, and I think for the next three or four weeks, he messaged me every day just to check that I was all right. And I think that that tells you probably a huge amount about about Billy at Penrith. You know, he's. Yeah, he wants his club to do well, but he's he's a big people person. As yeah, I think it's one of those when you lose your job, you do need people around you who support you, and it's um, yeah, it's a lonely place when that happens. I know, James. You've got a connection to Barrow, haven't you? Yeah, so your dad, dad, my dad grew up there, so I mean, I've I've spent most of my well, I'm just actually watching Stockport, Notts County on the TV. He absolutely hates Stockport because they voted Barrow out the league. So I've spent my life hearing what a, what a bad club Stockport are and how great Barrow are. But no, it's uh, he, he's a big Barrow fan. He, he's always sort of spent time going to watch Barrow over the years. And it was a big, big thing. And I think one of the things that probably hurt him the most about Barrow getting into the league again was the fact he'd missed it because he'd actually seen them go out the league. So, he, um, yeah, we've got a passing interest in Barrow. And as I say, um, by all accounts, they've actually been playing all right. They just haven't had the look of the draw. They've been unable to hold on to leads. But that's football, you know. As I say, I'm sure he'll dust himself down and come back. He's got a really good reputation outside of that. And I'm sure there'll be other jobs that come up for him. So, James, if the Barrow chairman was listening and he decided to give you a call and he offered you the job... I don't think that's going to be happening, Dennis. I'm sure there'd be far more capable people than me in for it. <laughs> you think? You don't think it was something nah, would you I consider think, it? I don't think I'm anywhere near that level. <laughs> I'm in Northern League too. Um, no, as I say, it's obviously it's. To be honest, I mean, I I like I like where I am now. I really enjoy it. We've needed been in in place for two years. I'll. Two, two months off being there for two years and it's been a bizarre two years particularly with the current situation but I feel like we've really made progress and I feel like we're at the start of something really and it's obviously long term we want to, we want to move Carlisle City through the leagues and hopefully this year's the start of that Beautiful Beautiful, Beautiful James I like to hear that Alan 
What's he been like to work with recently? I bet now that football's back on after two victories, I bet he's been a nightmare. Well, I was just thinking when you were saying about if he if he got if he went for the Barry <laughs> job, at least I'd get the office back because I'm, I'm still. Yeah, I was trying I'm to help. I was actually trying to help you. I thought, you know, just fuck him off the barrel. You know what I mean? I've driven him absolutely yeah, insane yeah. about this potential new goalkeeper yeah. today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and 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 obviously there's potential new goalkeeper. I'm guessing right now on no, air you can see I've been I've been to meet him today. Um, I've been to meet the manager of his club as well. Um, and it looks it's a 95 percent done deal. We just need the paperwork complete. Hopefully he might be at the game tomorrow as a spectator. Um, but no, he he'll come in and he'll. I I do feel a bit sorry for Tom Newton, but Tom Tom's availability due to work sort of rules him out of midweek games. Um, so we need somebody who's going to be able to play all the way through and be consistent, uh, which is why we've gone out and looked for a keeper. And as I say, we're 95% sure that the deal will go through. And as I say, it'll be a real big plus for us. And obviously, if this deal goes through, you'll let us know. James, obviously, as a Guildford Gazette, a podcast likes yeah, to break no, this kind of I mean, as I say, well, hopefully, like I'm not sure when the paperwork will be complete, but hopefully it's within the next three to four days. And as I say, just it sets us up nicely then going forwards again. So putting football aside, how are your families? He's all ready for Christmas. Everybody, everybody well and, and yeah, good. James, that with you. We're just sort of carrying on. Obviously, schools are nearly finished, so that's three of us nearly off for the next couple of weeks. Um, and as I say, it's to be honest, I think even even my lads are not particularly into football, but I think they're sick of seeing me around the house now. They want football back on because then I can tell them about how good we are every day. So, um, no, it isn't there. We just, yeah, it's, it's, diff- it's difficult, you know. I mean, I spoke to my grandparents today and they, it's really tough getting to see them because of their age. Um, and they were just asking how the boys are getting on. And I said, well... They've not really had. They've not really been children for nine months. You know, there's no birthday parties. There's no Christmas parties. It's been a really tough time for them, and I'm very, very fortunate with my two that they that they've got a lot of time for me and my wife because they've been stuck with us for the best part of a year. But they've been absolutely brilliant, and you know, I think um, is I think the whole situation makes you sort of reassess everything that you do. And as I say, they're all really good at the moment. Hopefully, we'll have a good Christmas. Obviously, it'll only be a good Christmas if we win on Saturday. I don't think my wife liked that response when she asked me, what would you like for Christmas? And I said, I'm not actually that bothered as long as we get three points at Bedlington. <laughs> I have to say, I, I was called into work last night at short notice, hence why I didn't get to do his. And I, I was running about town site if someone could get a coffee and I thought, do you know what, I'll pop into Labrooks and there was your lovely wife there and she she gave me a coffee. So she said, as long as I don't drink it in the show. So I have to thank Michelle for that. Very kind of her. Alan, how's the family, mate? Are you all ready for Christmas? Everything okay? Everything good? Yeah, I think the missus has got Christmas just about wrapped up and sorted. Um, I do I do very little on that side, really. Um, but yeah, um, the, the hard work... Hard work starts really because obviously my house is a bit it's it's a lot it's a bit carnage so it's it's easier being at work a lot of the time because I, I was I was ready to sedate one of one of the kids I think it was Sunday and I phoned James and I said bloody hell if I if I have to spend any longer in this house with these I'm I'll do some I'll do some daft but no um it's just it's just a hard time of the year there's nothing for them to look, apart from 
apart from Christmas, as James says, there's not there's really little there's not a great deal for them to look forward to, um, especially over the last kind of month or so. Um, and they're stuck in the house. The weather's rubbish, um, so it's it is hard because um, they they just want to let off a bit of steam. But no, they're all looking forward to Christmas. So hopefully we can kind of have a have a good time round there. Obviously it'll be very. I have to kind of think about when we're visiting and who we're visiting um, because of obviously the the amount of the amount of places we are. Um, it is kind of really really kind of important that we don't visit anybody that's vulnerable because we've got kind of yeah. kids kids at three four different schools so um yeah but apart from that everybody's everybody's fine everybody's fit and well um and yeah hopefully hopefully my dad will get down to the game tomorrow as well and and, and watch that that would be brilliant that would be excellent we'll get a couple of photographs there well guys i've got to let you know uh i'm you'll probably know about this james i am i'm going to do a two hour special documentary i'm actually going to film it which will include obviously sort of tomorrow's sort of game, the build-up and stuff. Then I'm going to be coming along to training and then hopefully spend some time with Brian as well and Martin and hopefully put a tour of documentary about life at Carlisle City during COVID. So I'm going to be hoping you guys will be getting involved. And obviously, I'll, I'll be, it'll not be direct. I'll just be sitting behind you with a camera. Yeah, no, just, just give people a bit of, a bit of an insight to what's going on at the club. You know, there's a lot more than just the... Just the games on Saturdays and midweeks, there is a lot that goes into it. And I think it, it's good for people to see. You know, a, a lot of people do just think, oh, look, these lads have just turned up. They don't realise the organisation that goes into these things. And as I say, we, as a club, there's an awful lot. There's all the junior sides, there's all the development sides, there's sorting all the training stuff for all that, there's all the venues, there's all the paperwork. There's an awful lot that goes into running a club at our level. And it'd be good for people to see that. Yeah, and I would say, obviously, I meant to ask whether would you allow permission to fill them in the changing rooms, or whether that be something you keep strict to yourself, or you'd allow it just for a, even a Penrith game, just for a one-off. Obviously, not a league game, but perhaps fill them inside the changing rooms for I, a Penrith I game. I don't see why not. You're all right with that, yeah, yeah, because obviously it gives them a, an insight to what what it's like inside the changing rooms at, at, at Guildford Park. And I don't want to interrupt or interfere during league in that. So this is a great option to do it when everyone's kind of relaxed, happy to be back and it gets a good atmosphere. So I, with your permission, I'd like to come in and film it, obviously, from the changing rooms and listen yeah. to your chats and stuff like that. It'd be nice to show off the changing rooms as well, because obviously a lot of a lot of work went into them over over lockdown from, from Martin's brother, Colin. Um, so I know it'd be nice to show them off as well, I'm sure. Yeah, they look fantastic, don't they? Love, we are very gifted to what we've got down there. We've got a wonderful stadium and some of the, some of the assets we've got down there are just well, fantastic. Exactly you know. when, when we were talking, well, players, we said, well, like, yeah, actually, if we can get them down to the ground, you almost don't need to sell the club, you know, because you're in such a better state than a lot of clubs are at our level. They don't have the facilities that we have at all. And, like, I, I think when Sean Vipe won signed last year, and he turned up and he was like, he couldn't, he couldn't believe we were playing the level of football that we were playing with the facilities that we've got. And that, that's somebody who spent most, well, he played football league, but then spent most of his career around Conference National and Conference North. You know, and he was very, he couldn't believe what he was seeing. 
Yeah, we're very gifted. We're very lucky to have what we have. I mean, the pitch is fantastic, and everything we've got around it, the whole the whole network infrastructure is great, you know, and it and it benefits, and it must be great for you guys. Like, it, it say, definitely helps. And- definitely helps. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's you've got to get people down there to start with, but it definitely helps it's there because Penrith have got a decent facility as well, and that that that's obviously a bit of a pull for them, but. I mean, you look at our changing rooms now, our changing rooms would be the envy of most clubs. Um, and realistically, if people are offering very similar money to ourselves, what would you rather be? Would you rather get changed in somewhere that represents like a cattle shed? Or would you rather go somewhere where it looks as though people sort of have a bit of interest in you? And they, they sort of think about your sort of well-being. And it, I think it's just little things like that that make differences to people. And I, I would like to think that players think that we try and look after them as well as we can. Yeah, one of the things I'm going to be doing is filming you and I'm going to be chatting to you and Alan on the video camera. To We're going to discuss the year so far. So when it comes out for New Year, we'll talk about how you've seen the New Year, how this year's been for you, you know, because how can you sum up talking about it? So that'll just be a private discussion. That'll go on the documentary as well. I'll talk to you as too. But... Coming to the end of the year, how would you say the year? From so my far? point of view, I mean, we barely lost a game. I don't, I don't know how many games we've played in this calendar year. I would have to check, but I, th- I think we've potentially only lost three league games. I'm sure we have. I think we've lost three. No, maybe four league games in the whole calendar year at the moment. Three, four, four. And Alan, it's been an absolute roller coaster. Um... Obviously, on and off the pitch, it's it's been a very very strange year, and I hope that a year like this, obviously, yeah, it's it's brilliant that we've had the had the results and everything that we've had. But I just, it would be nice to think that we'll never have a have a year like this on and off the pitch. Really, um, obviously, we want to win as many games, but there's nothing better than just getting in a run and and having a having a season without any any disruptions. Normally, you kind of get sick if over Christmas when you when you've got a few waterlogged and frozen pitches, but to be stop start as much as we are, hopefully we never we never see a repeat of it. I absolutely agree. Well gentlemen again it's an absolute pleasure. Obviously when I talk to you on Monday this will be the Christmas special. So you better have some I'll have some Christmas questions for you because I want some good music. You better have some ideas of some Christmas songs for for the Christmas special on Monday. And I'll expect you, Alan, to come up with some belters. I need worries. <laughs> no, yeah, the won't, won't I can imagine it'll be Scrooge all the way. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. I, I've I've been, had a wonderful week so far. It's been great, and I hope tomorrow night's a fantastic result for you guys. Uh, I'll see you down there, and I wish you all the very you. best tomorrow night. Thank, thank you, you James, much. and thank you, Alan. Cheers. Cheers. Have a great evening, guys. You too. See you later. I'm Dennis Devnis. Oh, it's Father Christmas here. Are you on my naughty or nice list this year? Still time to change that, you know. Ho, ho. Come on, Rudolph.
The greatest hits of all time. Whoa there, Rudolph. Ho, ho, ho. Wishing you a very merry Christmas. And now. Through the years and through the years with Guildford Gazetta Podcast. Check us out on Facebook.